What is up, my Blotto Bros? What is going on this evening? Good evening. Hey, it's up. Right. Evening to get right to it. Wow. Oh yeah. my God! It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back on this once again. Obviously, great day in Beatles history. Ooh. You all know. Praise the Lord. You all know that. Um, let, let me just let me just run it down for you. What happened on this day in Beatles history that I obviously knew on this very day? Uh, legendary keyboardist Billy Preston joined the Beatles for a recording session for their upcoming album, Let It Be. The group was already in awe of Billy's immense talent and had invited him to collaborate on several tracks. During one particular take, Billy's fingers were flying all over the keys, creating a mesmerizing melody that caught everyone's attention. The room was filled with the sound of his organ, and the Beatles were all smiles as they listened to the musical magic unfold. This is so hot, Tommy. After the take, after the take, John Lennon was so impressed that he issued a playful challenge on this very day uh, to Paul McCartney, saying, I, I bet you can't, I bet you anything, Billy can't play Misty with one hand tied behind his back. John said with a grin uh, that that very statement. And then Paul, being a competitive type, took up the challenge. And Billy, being the consummate professional that we know he was, took up the task. With one hand tied behind his back, Billy began playing the classical tune. And everyone in the room was blown away by his mastery on the keyboard. His fingers danced over the keys, uh, creating a rich, full dance. Sound. <laughs> full sound. sound. It was a it was a rich full sound. Uh, that belied the fact that he was playing with only one hand, you guys. Because uh, I'm just talking to you. And uh, when when he was finished, the room erupted in applause, and Paul. True to his word, as we all know from from this factual statement, couldn't help but laugh and admit defeat. He said, well, I'll be a one-handed organ player. And and he gave Billy a high five at that very moment. Amazing, right? From that day on, Billy was known as the one-handed wonder among the Beatles and went down in history as one of the greatest keyboardists to ever grace the recording studio. The rest, as they say, is rock and roll history. Scotty, cue the music, right? Am I am I right, guys? Just let's get into the podcast. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm not. That, the, that doesn't that really doesn't, sound I'm not totally right. Sure. You guys, you don't think it... it, it it sounds like my normal facts that I, I just scholarly <laughs> research and it definitely doesn't sound normal. Is this some chat GBT? <laughs> so I'll tell you the truth, guys. I want to chat about What? Come again? What? You have to speak directly into the microphone. I think. Yeah, clearly. 
I ran out of time and I couldn't look for a Beatles fact from this day in history. So I asked the chat bot to write me a fake fact about organist Billy Preston's time with the Beatles. That sounded real. I said the fact should have taken place on this day in history. It should have a jaunty tone and end with a humorous punchline. And then, and then I said it, it was short and I said it was too short. Chatbot should add more. And so I had a bad morning and ended up twice as long. I'm sorry. It didn't tell you not to be playing with that AI. It's no good. I know. I know. It's going to replace the both of us. Can we just go? (laughs) You're addicted. You're addicted. My blotter scruffs. I want your listens so bad. It's driving me mad. 15 word intro. You guys like that? (laughs) I think I'll know that I've fully evolved sort of as as a podcaster when that sort of like becomes naturally succinct, you know, like a true sign of maturity. So yeah, clearly as a pod, your words wisely. Succinctness. (laughs) We have a long way to go. So ground. (laughs) Welcome back to Blotter Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading lush lecturers of Beatles broadcasting. You are in episode 58. I am Becker, and as a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. Damn. We have a guest tonight, and uh, I can't wait to talk with him, so I want to get right to that very quickly, but let me make sure that you know everybody that's joining, joining us tonight for this magical mystery slur. If he's trained in vain, then you know I'm London Colin. He's the A-side and my A-side. It's my co-host, Tommy. London calling to a faraway town. Everything good? How's your how's your polar vortex up there? Are you okay? We're a little chilly up here right now. How you doing? It's chilly. It's cold. I'm cold. I live in a very drafty house. I'm going to be honest. I'm concerned. I've... Cranked up heats. So we've Donnie, put on fireplaces. Donnie. It's four tarps. Yeah. Your house is four tarps. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 currently okay, but we may need to. They're it. heavily insulated <laughs> tarps. Though. Well, you're you're welcome here. Um, I'm just glad it's not a bomb cyclone. At the end of the day, <laughs> I know. Why do we have these new terms for weather we've experienced our entire life? But um, this man puts the polite into sex pistols. You call him, I call him, we call him the George Martin of New, New England. England. That's exactly your producer, Scotty. See, my bud, my bud, how are you? I'm great, man. I am, I'm in a reverse world right now, and it's cool. <laughs> we are, we are. It's it's weird. It's weird. Uh, I've heard you call him the muddled maestro of Blotto Beatles, but to us, he's the wonderful musical supervisor, yeah. R.B., and as always, that B stands for Beatles, and tonight it also stands for bad. Oh. But I mean that sort of in like the the Michael Jackson sort of oh. way. So that's mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I want so you. So and then I also mean it in the way that I want you. You know, so oh, so bad. 
How's everybody doing? I was I was remarking on writing this intro tonight that sort of if if I get any credit or impact on our friend group, it's that I applied nicknameification to both RB and Discadiacy. And that these were adopted universally within our friend group. And what are you saying about me? Wait. Well, you're, what, just, you're just Tommy. Are, you're a solid Tommy. <laughs> I'm a solid. So I, you're I, saying I, I'm RB? saying that before you came up with I RB? existed, I came up with RB. You did? Yes. Right? Wait, you're, you're, are you claiming Scotty C? I'm claiming Scotty C and RB. That's garbage. No, no. That is garbage. <laughs> I am the first person to ever say Scotty C. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes, I am. No. Yes, I am. <laughs> Anyway, we have a tremendous guest tonight, but before we get to it, should we mention that we are a, a drinking podcast? Are you guys drinking we some are, drinks tonight? We are, we are, we are, we um, are. Yeah, will. I've had a little bit of, of the fistful of bourbon. Oh, you have? Evening. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah, which is What's like, a little bit it's... of a fist? <laughs> <laughs> it's most of a fist, and... Uh, it's it's a mixed bourbon. I'm I'm still trying to figure out if. Oh, I, like I know it. this one. It's fine. Yeah, it's got a little yeah, bit of fine. blue on it the It looks cool. The label is cool. Yes, it looks good yeah, in the store. It's it has fine. that. It's fine. It has that good bourbon bottle shape. Like I like the shape of that bottle. I had Squarish. a colleague suggest it to me, and so I ran with it, and it, it, it's fine. Um, I'm also drinking some uh, Long Trail Little Anomalies, and of course, I'm drinking the White Can. You all know it. Oh yeah. The Devil's Parish Handlight Coast, the official beer of Blood. Real me. What are you all drinking, uh, Becker? What do you got? Um, I mixed up a little bit of Manhattan to get into the vibe tonight. It's funny because you come directly from work, and then you're like, oh, I, I need to get into this episode, and then you immediately drink more than you need to drink because you're like, oh, we're going to be drinking yes. for a few hours. But I warmed it up with uh, some Manhattans. And then I drank a delicious heady topper from Vermont. Yes. Because I thought for one minute that maybe we would call tonight's episode, I want you, she's so heady. I'm not sure if that's where we're going to go with it or not. We don't have a a heady topper sponsorship, but uh, that was my thought. Um, And now I'm drinking these, uh, the slightly slightly mighty um, out of Dogfish. From Dogfish Head, the sort of like locale IPAs. New Year, New Body. New New Year, New Becker. Yeah. I'm wearing a hypercolor shirt and I'm drinking a locale beer. So. <laughs> awesome. I, I want booze. She's so heady. Oh, <laughs> oh that's sexy. Both? Am I yeah. wrong? I like yeah. that. The double, the double pun. Uh. That's hard for us to pull off, but I like it. Maybe. Uh, so I was drinking, I started off this evening with a beer from the other half brewery in Brooklyn. Uh, this was the all citra everything. Uh, and it was delicious. Oh yeah, uh, it's a very uh, red label. Um, I, I drank. Uh, uh, I, I got one of these up on tap. It's called the Dead Wax. I think I drank this one on a previous podcast too, but this is from Foam. Oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, I like. And the that. can oh. is beautiful. Yeah. The it's it's like it's called Dead Wax, which is a callback to vinyl that has been played All way right. too many times, and the vinyl yeah, is dead. Yeah. Um. And then I've got this other one that's a, a from the Devil's Purse, and it is a stout. Oh, I heard of them. Uh, called the Intertidal Stout, it, which is an oyster stout uh, brewed with Chatham 
oysters, which frightens me slightly. <laughs> Honestly, I don't like to see live animals in my beers, but uh, but an oyster stout is maybe a little briny. I don't know. We'll see. I had rye want you on the list. That's oh. all I, we have rye for titles. So. Okay. So we, yeah. we got a lot of space to we'll, uh, we'll come work it up out. with. A, you got time. Yeah, by yeah, the time yeah. we're done, we'll sound deaf. <laughs> Scotty C, are you drinking tonight? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I couldn't do it without it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. I mean. Yeah, I got another red wine. Argento. I don't know how to say this. doesn't matter. Is it purple? Um, it's purple. Did you say it was purple? It's a purple wine. <laughs> this is a purple wine. <laughs> yeah. Purple drink. It's Cabernet. It's Argentine. Argentinan wine. I want to be Argentine. real honest with our listeners tonight, if we haven't been yet, is we are recording this intro in arrears. Uh, we just recorded an entire episode with a fantastic guest and... We hit the magical mystery word, which you're going to hear in a minute, and um, we drank some yep. drinks already, and then we had to go yep. back and sort of uh, yep. do this this yep. up front. So. Yep. Yeah, so this pasted it afterwards. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point, um, please We should just start us. with Jason. You know yeah. what? You're, you're tra- you know what I appreciate about you is your transparency as a podcast host. I try. I, yeah, yeah, I try and be. We're not you guys want to hear me play congas? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Can you play them right now? I got, Go. I got congas behind me. Yeah, where are they? They're right there. You asked. All right. We all said yes. A, this sounds like an extrasode. <laughs> but before we go too much deeper into that. Please enjoy tonight's episode with our very special guest. I'm going to accompany you. (laughs) When did you get congas? He's always had congas. I've got to say, I was so pleased to hear back from tonight's guest about hopping on for an episode. Uh, not only is he part of a lot of things that we love, working with Super Chunk, Bob Mould, Robert Pollard, uh, recently off tour with Sunny Day Real Estate, which I think is, is big for a couple of us here. Uh, he's also been solidly putting out some fantastic tunes under the split single moniker uh, with a tremendous selection of uh, guest players. <clears throat> and apparently he likes the Beatles. Uh, please join me in warmly welcoming Nate, Jason Narducci to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, Jason, welcome, man. Hey, guys. Thank you. Do I have that Great right? Time. Do you like Do you like the Beatles? Mm, yeah, I love the Beatles. Oh, I thought you were right, talking about right. the pronunciation of the last name. It's Narducci, right? That's, that's Narducci. correct. Yeah, it used to be CCI uh, a few generations back, so I tend not to correct people. In fact, Split Single was opening for the new pornographers at a show, and and uh, AC Newman um, started a discussion during their set about the pronunciation of my name, <laughs> and it. Uh, <clears throat> And I, I, I started to run up on stage to, you know, just present the the correct 
one and, and then I was like, no, I'm going to let this go on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I checked, I checked in today with your, uh, your talk house podcast to make sure that I was getting your name pronounced correctly. You, you forgot to mention the, the man with the best elbows in rock and roll, I think. Right. I mean, sexiest. that is sexiest, not sexiest. even, not even yeah. the best, not even the best. Yeah. They are the sexiest no, elbows. They're not the best. Roll. They're the sexiest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jason, we'd like to start with getting just like a little bit of Beatles baseline. Uh, so in sort of your music exploration, what's your uh, what's your first Beatles memory? Well, uh, my parents, so I grew up uh, in in Chicago area and uh, my parents divorced when I was four. But I have memories of listening to the Beatles before they were divorced. I remember the three of us listening to the Beatles and that carried on in both both households constantly after that in fact my my stepdad this is a very 70s um factoid um had a ford pinto oh, remember yeah. the pintos yeah. <laughs> yeah the cars that explode yeah. <laughs> my family had two of them. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah had two is the operative uh yeah. thing there you had i think it was even like on the cover of time magazine or something like this car will blow up um, <laughs> but that Pinto had a cassette player, which was high tech at the time. And we would go on camping trips. We went on a long trip to, um, Yellowstone, which is a quite a drive from Chicago. And I, you know, there weren't that many cassettes. There was just like maybe 10 and some of the, some of the sides I liked and some of them I didn't. But when we got to the white album, I was like, okay, this is a double record. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get a good long listen um they also had uh zeppelin in through the outdoor and then just a ton of like bluegrass and country stuff i like the pete seeger live record but oh that that you know being you know eight years old or whatever i was just like this is not my jam but <laughs> yeah so the beatles were just a constant in my household and um and then you know when i started to socialize with with friends and bandmates when i was around 10 11 years old the who and the stones were very active at the time touring and that was kind of that was the discussion do you are you do you like the stones do you like the who and i was always on yeah. the who side um oh wow and right. but but i think within that discussion it was just given that the beatles were the the band yeah, yeah it's like um, who's number two sort of thing totally yeah. totally yeah unspoken yeah. <laughs> but it was like well these guys are still active so we got to pick one of them you know <laughs> Dear listener, you might be surprised to find out that we asked Jason about a recent performance he did with Michael Shannon around the Modern Lovers record. This quickly descended into an interesting uh, personal anecdote about touring with Jonathan Richmond in the 90s, which is a story you should absolutely ask Jason about when you see him on this upcoming tour. But as a notoriously focused Beatles podcast, we wanted to share a little story that Jason gave us in the upfront. A friend of mine, a friend of mine knows uh, Olivia, and she invited him to house and they're outside <clears throat> and there's this metal gate and she said uh guess who made this gate for us and my friend said i don't, I don't know bob dylan <laughs> bob dylan no is a, heard is of a wel uh, welder okay. and um which i didn't realize i had to google it and there's plenty of pictures of him welding yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh he he asked george and olivia if he could make a gate for them and they said well yeah that's, that's great that's made awesome. it and it's very <laughs> complex and you know uh dense um and then he sent them an invoice 
<laughs> oh, man, that's, all right we gotta go back to that that's and because and because I mean, dylan is so odd i don't know if that's a joke or not <laughs> well it, it's starting to yeah. it's starting to really add up like when dylan was arrested a few years ago for walking around like rural new jersey neighborhoods and sweatpants yeah, and peeping without a wallet he's just probably peeping gates he's probably <laughs> trying to collect yeah <laughs> I watched a whole episode today on something that you. I was doing my uh, my research and watched an episode on that you just uh, just don't like Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, I uh, uh, <clears throat> singer wise, you know, I respect, you were very respectful of his songwriting. I respect Bob Dylan for his his place in history and the way that he changed rock music, and I respect him for being a legendary songwriter. Uh, um, I just. Don't happen to like it. <laughs> That's all right, enough. dude. Yeah, we're not a, we're I, not a Dylan pod, so you're you're in the clear. Yeah. Well, I think what I think if we're talking about the same thing. It's that thing that did for the Chicago Tribune, the for the yeah. Red Eye. Yeah. So that writer is awesome. I love Josh Terry, and um, and I thought it was a great premise. And you know, he's like, it's blind spot. Like, name a record you're not familiar with. I was like, pick a Dylan record. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but I didn't realize we were going to be like videotaped like very thoroughly discussing this and man did i take some some arrows for that and, and i <laughs> and, and i don't mind i like it i like a I thesis and then you just backing it up but that was great well and i i don't mind going at it with some people are like you know if if you if you don't love bob dylan you don't know what you're talking about and i yeah. was like i don't want to live in a world where everybody has to like Bob Dylan. I don't, you know, sure. and, um, yeah. or any artist or anyone except, yeah. except the Beatles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing it clean for you guys. Yeah. I saw you, uh, oh, you announced some, announced some shows today. Was that today? Yeah. Yeah. I do these, uh, I think it was in, uh, well, there's this, I live in Evanston, Illinois. Um, and just about 10 blocks from my house is a, a wine shop called The Wine Goddess owned by some friends of mine. And they asked me back in like 2015 or something if I would play a solo show there at the wine shop. And um, I, de- I you know, declined because I just wasn't doing solo shows. But I, I saw my friend Nora O'Connor um, perform there. And it was just, well, she's incredible. But the the space was so fantastic that it inspired me to start doing solo shows which turned into um, kind of trying to be on this living room circuit. I don't know if you guys have heard of like these living room shows and like yeah, lawn yeah. shows. And for an artist, for an artist like me that isn't, you know, like a household name or very, very far away from being a household name, <laughs> um, doing shows like that is invaluable because it's intimate. You can tell stories, you can play songs and, from a financial standpoint, you know, there's no promoter, there's no sound system, there's no door person. So you get all the money and, and people, and the shows are early and they're BYOB. So a lot of people prefer that to going to a club. So it's a really nice way for me to tour. And it, it presents very unusual situations like this tour. The Boston show is at a furniture store. I know. I actually, I happen to live, I, I live right next to, I live a block away from that spot. What? Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be coming out. Yeah, wonderful. That is. So, so do you know? Do you know this woman, Kay? She's kind of like, uh, she's really well respected in in Boston. Yeah, yeah, she's put on a bunch of these, uh, a bunch of these shows. Uh, a bunch That's of my friends so cool. went and saw Lou Barlow was just there. But yeah, she, oh yeah, she gets a gets a bunch of people that that come through. So 
So I'm sorry. Usually, when a guest, yeah, it, it doesn't even matter that you're you're right in the spirit of the pod. So yeah. usually, when a guest, we usually talk us... more Alf than this. We'll dub that in. Yeah, you know, usually when a guest sends us their picks, you get like a little bit of a tease of sort of what they're into. You know, like are they a Paul guy? Are they a John guy? Are they, you know, mid period, late period Beatles? You sent us uh, a couple of tracks, and, and I I don't think I can read you yet as they're sort of uh, where you are in the Beatles fandom. So so you hear the Beatles early on. When do you then sort of uh, become? At, at, I was going to say teen, but maybe it's not teen. When do you start exploring the Beatles at a little bit more mature or adult perspective? Hmm. That's a good question. So you, you Prob- heard them at, prob- at eight and then you're, st- when do you make your own decision to listen to the Beatles is maybe the question. Well, I mean, I, I skipped over one big t- thing about my childhood is that for seven years, my dad worked on his dissertation, which was about the movies of the Beatles. <laughs> Oh, oh wow! So Skipped over you that. want to talk yeah. about being in a Beatles household? <laughs> you know, like yeah, just, you know. Um, I'm surprised you're willing to do this podcast. You must have a good relationship with your dad. <laughs> it's uh, I think it changed when I became a better musician. I think that's yeah. when it was like when I could go in and try to figure stuff out. Um. And I think I think my wife told me that uh, emotionally, I probably, you know, like John is is what maybe like I lean towards, but but Paul's outlook and Paul's positive, Paul loves life, you know, and um, know. so I, I I'm is that what you're talking about? Like which? yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you're exactly there. Like, what are you gravitating yeah. towards in your sort of adult life about so the Beatles many, now? You but know? this is the thing about the this is the thing about the Beatles is that you know, long, long, long by George is oh my god. I, I don't know how you, that just moves me so much, yeah. and, and I never hear people talk about that song. That was our number one um, track for a little while. We had sort of re 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 explored that track and i was like oh my god yeah we, over- we overlooked it's it's stunning way. yeah it's stunning um and i'm not much of a gear person and i'm not i think you know without question i mean i, I don't know you guys yet but i i'm sure you know way more um you know data and things about the beatles and myself yeah. but but You'd watching... be surprised how little we know. <laughs> <laughs> you know beer. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway there. Yeah. Um, I, but, I mean, you, you're, you're mentioning Get Back. That was just such a stunning thing for me to observe. You know, we all, we all felt like, oh, I can't believe we're a fly on the wall. We get to watch this amazing band, you know, write songs and work with each other. But there are things at play that that I, I observed that I didn't see other people write about in articles about it that I thought were pretty intense. Number one, um, you know, their objective was to make this record without overdubs. Isn't that right? They're going to do like yeah. a live yeah. record. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as someone who, you know, is fortunate to record a lot and work with a lot of different bands that puts the onus on the lead guitarist plain oh, yeah. and simple because the bassist is going to be playing the bass and singing the songs the rhythm guitarist is going to be playing the chords and singing the songs drummer is going to play the drums but the lead you know all of those embellishments and counter melodies and, and layers that we put on records that's on that guy wow, and he has yeah. one guitar in his hand 
So that is like, I just, right when that came up, I saw George's anxiety go up and he starts talking about Clapton and he starts talking about like, who are we going to bring in? You know? Yeah. That, and, yeah that's an, and, I and he leaves like the, nearly immediately. <laughs> and I think the other Beatles didn't get that. And, um, and then bubbling under that is that Paul and Ringo love being in the Beatles. The other yeah. two, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. and so it plays have... into the song you picked, I think for sure, because I think there's like a little George Harrison John fuckery that happens in a couple minutes when we start talking about tonight's. Well, pick, but... I saw people write about Get Back and like, oh, they're 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 ignoring George, and I was like, have you guys listened to Revolver? <laughs> right. He he has the first and third song fourth song i mean they i don't know that's pretty good on like one of their most beloved records you know yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. annie's the youngest by far and like I, I i didn't feel like they disrespected him i just um he was just wired i felt like that he was like this was a scary thing for him and who can blame him you know yeah, yeah. and you're living um, in the shadow of, of two giants who have written all these songs and like trying to carve your own path i mean it's that simple and that's hard and that hard right and then you're watching these guys like build the song two of us singing into each other's faces while you're over trying to work on a bass line for it it's you know it's like yeah it, he must have and didn't you didn't you guys feel like there was way more love in that band than we were led to believe yeah and Especially i think peter jackson period, did it you know I, and I think this is one of those things where, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. You get the original Let It Be movie <clears> that you probably saw many times when you were 10 years old as your dad was working on his yeah. doctoral thesis. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny about that. Uh, my dad and I watched the trailer for Get Back or maybe we didn't watch it together. But I was like, did you see this? And and, you know, it's John r laughing and running and dancing. And, yeah. 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 And I, my dad goes, that didn't happen. <laughs> fake news right? exactly yeah. so we were told one story and then we get this other version of like peter jackson's beloved version is what he's kind of editing together and there's definite truth i mean there are hard points in in that eight hours Your dad's like if if peter jackson can shrink elijah wood he can do he can do anything <laughs> he can make them friends yeah, yeah I, right. I, i'm like well i'm i'm looking at it <laughs> I think it did. Yeah, exactly. I think it happened. I think it's true, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, it, or, it's all or, perspective. Or for example, George says to John, I'm thinking about making a solo record. And John goes, oh, that's yeah. great. I know. That's, yeah. that's a cool yeah. moment. That's a cool, cool moment. Come on. Really that's is. love. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that's like yeah. total support. And um, it really was. You're right. So there was those elements. And then, you know, I, I, I do not like it when people talk about paul being a he, he's not being bought he even says it like in that i thank god they showed the thing you know that before what we see in the movie looks like a horrible argument where paul's like i don't want to be the one doing this <laughs> you know? yeah he's yeah. like but and then the other thing that struck me was just how different operations were with the band at that time you know like uh they're renting a movie studio <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah peter sellers is about to kick them out so they know. you know they're on the clock the beatles you know like I, it, yeah yeah, um, yeah i always think that's so fun. and even tonight's up track where they're like oh they can't even get into abbey road to record they're this tried it they're like yeah <laughs> and well, they're, then they they're, get well i think it's they, they have such a tiny the monitors don't work 
Well, that's exactly. Yeah. They have a tiny PA system and yeah. like monitors and all that. Yeah. And it's like, why is this not like set up like as best as possible? Like they're the could Beatles, be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I guess they're still defining what that means. I think. Is, yeah, there is wasn't that system. I mean, even when they toured, there wasn't like a crew. It, right? It was like but, Mal and. Uh, in two or three years, the Stones take off to Nelcot, Nelcote, the the mansion. They record Exile. And they have all of the amazing recording stuff right at their fingers. You know, I know it's less probably playing live, was that the, but was that the the mobile recording? Yeah, thing yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And they have all of that, to... and I'm like, why is this not available to the the Beatles? Like, are they just a little too early, or are they just not tapped into it? Like, I don't, I honestly. Well, don't, and how about know, how about you know? Paul? How about Paul also being the one to like? Didn't he call Mick about Ellen Klein? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and right I mean, as, again after after tonight's track, there's like two days later, all of the Alan Clark and he's and he's fucking up. right. He was right, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Because John was all in. John. Oh, John was just enamored. It. Yeah, like yeah. he just got he got snowed by this guy, yeah. right? Like, and that's that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Jason, as a touring musician who's played with a ton of artists, have you performed any Beatles songs live or in your private life or? You play any of their music? Yeah, on solo shows back in the day, like in college, I would play uh, "Hide Your Love Away" or or "Norwegian Wood." Um, I'm trying to think if any of uh... well, the Bob Mold Band. We, you know, Bob has this. Uh, if you just say a song that he's heard, he can probably play it. He's one of those types of musicians, and I think I've I've heard Bob play "Birthday," you know from stage for somebody just as like a wink you know like yeah um like yes i know how to play that um oh oh i wasn't i right after my band lost uh the record deal and i was kind of like trying to figure out what i wanted to do i um got together with these really talented musicians and we just play covers and we called it sellout (laughs) awesome um and we would do uh Dig a pony. That's a really fun one to uh to just play with, you know, a four piece rock band. Um oh. yeah, so what I've, band, I've covered what band was that that had lost the deal as as you were getting in there? There's a band called Verbo, V E R B O W. Um we did two records on Epic. Yeah. Uh Bob produced the first one and the second one was produced by a Chicago producer named Brad Wood, who's actually been in LA for at least 20 years at this point. But um, yeah, we did two records for them. And uh, oh, and Allison and I, the cellist and I used to cover um, I Am the Walrus with a distortion nice. pedal on the cello. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I guess I, I have covered quite it. But that's the thing, like uh, th- that would be something, you know, why are, why are the Beatles in my heart that, you know, just kind of untouchable is that I don't know if I've heard a Beatles cover that's better than the Beatles song. Right. I've heard I've heard quite a few Dylan covers that are better than. That. Oh, <laughs> of course you have. Of course you have. He went there. Yeah. He went there. <laughs> but have you seen any welding that's better than Bob Dylan's welding? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Even the invoice can... was done so well. Guy can make a gate. Yeah. We're going to talk about this song that you picked for us, but the one last question I have for you is you have been a 
touring musician for a very long time. You've been in, in a ton of bands of incredible renown. What is the closest you have been to a Beatle or a Beatle offspring? I uh, I was in a San Francisco airport. I think Allison and I were on tour. I remember I had my acoustic guitar case waiting at baggage claim. Allison wasn't there. It was just me. And I looked at this guy who was also waiting for baggage claim. And I'm like, oh, that's a character actor. What's his name? I can I can hear his voice. I can see his mannerisms. I've seen this guy in movies and TV all my life. What is that guy? Um, and I think I must have been hungover or something because it was George Martin. And I went. I, <laughs> a was, he's got a very proper <laughs> accent when he acts. Yeah. It's so. It's so. Out of, it was so out of context. You know, like he's yeah. so huge in my life, and I. I did walk up to him. No one was walking up. No one was recognized him. Uh, and I walked up. I'm holding my guitar, and I said, "I said something along the lines of, um, Mr. Martin." Uh, I want to thank you for all of the work you've done. I'm a huge fan, and it, it means so much your contribution to to uh, to music. And he he could not have been more gracious. I'm sure you've heard stories about him and, and how he was, but he immediately asked me about my guitar and my music, and it, you know oh, was not was not interested, cool. and he didn't he didn't care about like all that other stuff. He just wanted to talk about music. Yeah, that was a beautiful moment. That's really. Um, nice. Other than that, um, Bob Mould had a publicist who was Paul's publicist for a bit. And I um, I did that thing where you're like, I try not to do this, but I did it. Uh, I I emailed him about going to a Paul show to take my dad because I knew it would mean a lot to my dad. And um, and he he hooked us up, man. He 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 put us in the tent. I had to buy the tickets, but he put us in the 10th row center. And uh, he, yeah, he even came, not Paul, but uh, the publicist came out and said hi to us. And um, that's that what was, you do for that your dad, though. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a cool thing, man. Good for yeah. you. Um, but I don't think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's it. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, these guys brought, <laughs> yeah, I think as a guest, these guys the brought their moms to... to the grandstands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I brought my mom to, uh, yeah. yeah, the bleachers at Fenway. Deep left center. I took her yeah. to the big monster. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, the parking lot. They call it the big monster. <laughs> they call it the green monster. Yeah. The, Just, you're a big sports I mean, fan. <laughs> <laughs> the big monster. Does, uh, well, well, does Rick Nielsen and Bunny Carlos count? I mean, they recorded with John. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's, that's pretty. Close. That's amazing. John's close. John's yeah. band for a couple songs. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, mean, um, I, I recorded it on Bon Bunny's um, solo record, and um, uh, and I, you know, the, he's not he's not in a great place with Cheap Trick, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> fortunate to be friends with the Nielsens. And when this came up, I asked them for permission first because I didn't want to upset anybody, and they're like, "Oh, go have fun." And um, so I kind of had my guard up with Bon when I was recording with him, but then we took a lunch break and the producer asked Bon about recording with John and my guard just evaporated. And I, I was, I could not wait to hear more about this, this yeah. situation. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, uh, that was pretty special to hear it from him. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. And then I, I mean, probably Dave Grohl probably has Paul McCartney's. Yeah. I've never asked him phone. about that. But it makes perfect sense to me that they're friends because um, they they both have a very 
they're they both seem very comfortable with fame and their place in music. Well, and just earnest in their enthusiasm of life, in like truly like, enthusiastic. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for show. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, that comes off right. You know better than we do. I've never met Paul, but yeah, Dave. Dave is exactly as you see him. You know, that's awesome. That's really cool. Anyways, you joined us to talk about a track tonight, and um, maybe we should get into it. Jason picked it amazing song uh i want you uh she's so heavy which is probably more than 50 percent of the lyrics in the song uh, <laughs> <laughs> or right around there anyways uh also the longest beatles song with probably is the it least, really with the oh. least yeah it is the longest with probably the least lyrics which is very interesting just kind of a uh, way to think of it it's the first one uh, they started working on, um, I think they even started working on it in the Get Back sessions, and it's the first one they started recording for the Abbey Road record, which is a killer last record. And this is a John tune. It's got a lot of those John, um, you know, the way he plays his chords, he loves the chromatic movement and the strange sort of um, way the chords sound, and, and then he, he does this lick stuff that, you can hear a lot more in his solo work. Um, and it has just so much power and it builds and it's amazing. And I, I, I want to talk about it and I want to hear why, why Jason uh, picked this song in particular. I know you had a few um, in mind, but you know, what, what, what's striking you about this one? Man, I just learned so much from you in those 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, again, I'm not, I, I don't know all the details of this. It sounds to me like John is playing the lead lick with the vocals. Is that right? Is yes. it him? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's he an amazing that, yeah. guitar player. I mean, that's, it's, if you've ever seen novices try to play the blues, it's, it's pretty awful. And he's just got <laughs> so much feel in that, you know, yeah. not only with his voice, but when it gets to the solo part and it's just like him. The guitar is vocal. Yeah. Oh man. What a player. Um, and we don't, you know, I don't think we get to hear a lot of John solos throughout the Beatles catalog. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like this, the the way that it starts with the brilliant arrangement with just a dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. There's so yeah. much, there's so much. Um, Build up there. Yeah. Yeah. There's drama. You know, it's like, we're, it's dark. You know, it's like, what is going yeah. on? And here's another thing, like most attempts to talk about sex are awful in, in yeah. rock and roll music in my opinion you know it's yeah. funny it's yeah. funny because elvis costello has a song called i want you that's actually a really amazing song very long song um but it's a it's a it's a good lyric and it's not too you know that's the thing about talking about sex and in music it can it can fall off the cliff real quick you know and just be like oh yeah. that's dumb you know um, but John just makes it like it's haunting and it's, it's like you feel the heartache and, um, 
yeah the yearning something the yearning yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's there's pain with with this desire you know because there's a darkness to the tune that with all the love that's there it's there yeah there's yeah yeah um and then that 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 like oh my god i mean you know that david gilmore heard that part you know it's like it reminds me of (laughs) it reminds me of some some stuff on the wall you know Uh, yeah yeah. uh but that outro that goes on forever so great and is that billy preston <laughs> playing with them billy too? preston I mean, is so yeah, organs oh my god. oh my god and that's the other thing about get back is like when he comes in everybody's happy absolutely um but yeah the stuff that he's playing on there is just so powerful and um and and, and paul's bass is insane like he's oh, doing yeah. all these <laughs> We call them wheelies. Uh, Bob and I do. I don't know what they're. But the, ooh, the, ooh. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. He's playing bass if Bob, like. If Bob Moore calls it a wheelie, I'm calling it a wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> he is absolutely playing the bass like he's playing a lead guitar part, though. Like he's he's going. Yeah. Like he's playing like yeah. it's like that's like a Dick Dale like surf yeah. thing. Yeah. I was waiting and for you to say something, Ryan. You nailed it. That's what he does. That's what he does best. And the interesting thing is, like, Paul is pretty grumpy about this tune. Like, Paul is not full into this jam. Like, they introduce this song. They they sort of start jamming it right after the get back stuff. But they work on this song for six months, and Paul starts to get pretty fatigued that they keep doing all of these overdubs and all of that. And by sort of the last session, Jeff Emmerich is basically like Paul is looking at the floor totally dejected. George is playing like a Moog. Ringo is like found some sort of like wind machine in a closet at, at EMI <laughs> Studios. And Paul is ultimately like, they are destroying. The I think uh, in I America, think, we know. call that a fan. Yeah, I think I think Paul was, I think Paul was particularly. A oh, British wind machine. They pulled out a, a proper whirly gig. You know? <laughs> no, no that's, a, that's a fan, Ringo. That's a fan. So oh, that, so there's right. that there's that noise that comes in at the end. Noise. Oh, noise. <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Right. Jason, as long as we're Jason, thank you for joining us. As long as we're in the safety bubble, I want to say uh, Robbie Robertson has a review of this record in Rolling Stone, and he says uh, there's some good stuff and there's some noisy shit on this record. And I, yeah. I assume he's talking about this track when he says noisy Man, shit. So. That cut, like. It's all about that, right? It's all about yeah. the noise, and it's all about the build, and it's all about the the idea that, like, John has tried to be an avant-garde musician for the last three years, getting to this point, and all he needs is static and white noise building and building and building over minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not 30 seconds. This is minutes of build that cuts, yeah. and it's so unsettling mm-hmm. and to this isn't day. It, isn't it... Uh... Here comes the sun, right? Here comes the sun. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got you got to flip the record over for you that. You got to flip the record, but like palate cleanse. But it's so it's, unsettling. It's, it's comical, it, it, yeah. You know, I've listened to the song for you know like thirty years, and still, when that if I'm paying attention, when that ends, it is unnerving. You, you, you can't know what call I mean? it out. You couldn't call it out. I you was, can't call yeah. it out, like to the beat, to the measure, all that stuff, and like. It's that's brilliant. In that was mind. that was definitely that's just where they stopped. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. It's it's freaking brilliant though. Like and that's it. Like it's not on purpose. It's that he said to Jeff Emmerich, it's here. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? John was like, like yeah, Jeff Emmerich looked at George yeah. Martin and was like, Really? And George is like, All right, like if this is what he wants. What that's he what wants. he said. Yeah. yeah. Like Well, it's- and, and you always you hear um and I think this is a, a cool thing for people to, to for there to be a goal to do is like putting two different styles of music together. Don't they, isn't it blues and bossa nova in the middle? There's a little oh, like, yeah. Roomba. Yeah. There's a little it's, Roomba it's in like, there or something, right? Yeah. It went, oh, oh, Tommy, sorry, isn't, a, say, isn't a Roomba the the vacuum? Is that I say, <laughs> Roomba. I'm sorry. Roomba? Is that better? Roomba? Is it But this this really this really is like two songs that are stitched together, right? It's like yeah. the verse is like this bluesy thing, and then there's this other like uh. slow dirgy six eight thing that's it's the entire like last three minutes of the song, but it's also like the very intro, the intro. of the song. Yeah, yeah. It's like a the weird time signature change is big too. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not just the um, the the uh, tempo, but yeah, the the time signature change is a completely different swing. Well, and... you... There are multiple S- takes that they Scotty together. said too. There, yeah, yeah, they are. Like long longest longest Beatles track ever. Wild to me that it takes until a. a I made a note when I was listening this afternoon, minute 58 until we get back to what ends up being the chorus, that that three, four part that is the chorus. And I just want to make the, sure the record shows for us as being uh, tremendous drunken Beatles scholars is that this is the longest Beatles song. But Revolution number nine is about a minute and a half longer than this. So fair enough. Okay, track so the, I, I don't want to get those yeah, tweets that we don't good, know what we're call. talking about. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. We know right. clearly we know what we're talking about. Um <laughs> <laughs> but so, it, but the idea that it takes until a minute fifty eight to get to the chorus and Beatles songs five years previous were if you were a minute fifty eight, that's a long song for a Beatles song with two middle eights, two choruses <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the song. Like, yeah. what a wild shift for a band over the course of like five years. It, you know, if even that amount of yeah. time. That, that that part, that outro part that loops and loops and loops and loops is, it's a little bit off-putting too because it's, it's a five-bar phrase that they just mm. loop and loop and loop. So like it's it's a little bit, it's unsettling in like the uh, the tonality of it, of, of, of the, you know, the chords that you're playing. The there's notes like, and the chords, there's, yeah. there's uh, minor chords, there's a seven flat nine chord in there there's an ends in an augmented chord like it's there's a there's a lot of um tension there's a lot of tension exactly yeah which is weird for a song about love and yearning and and hotness and wanting and and all of these things like the 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 vocals are discordant with the music in, in a in a way right like or is it a soundtrack sort of to like emotions like yeah. When I'm away from you, this is what I'm feeling. When I've got you, you know, I'm grooving with you now. Like, I want you so. I'm in the room with you. And then it's, you're gone. Bam. Where are you? Yeah. Bam. Going through all those fires. I need you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like yeah. that angle. I like, I like that angle a lot. But, yeah. but even, even, even in that darkness, they're doing the three-part harmonies. Which is a blueprint. For so much music moving forward, and I know they're they're stealing from stuff from the past, but yeah. that becomes a blueprint, right? Yeah. Like that that becomes a mark in time. It's amazing. And I love how their last record is is uh, kind of, kind of a concept record. You know, it like opens with "Come Together," 
yeah. but we're coming together over his body. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. they're coming together to end this thing. Oh, wow. And then yeah. the last song is called The End. You know, technically yeah. it's not the last song, but it's pretty much the last song. Um, and then that that the the medleys, you know, that fit so perfectly together. I was listening to uh I think it's Polythene Pam into You Never Give Me Your Money. Uh or no, Polythene Pam into uh Is that gonna mean Mr. You came in through what's the know. what's the Paul song? It's came the in bathroom through the bathroom window. window? Bathroom, bathroom window, window. Is that, what it is? Yeah. that you know. Oh, look out! You know when John says yeah. that, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. came into. I mean, I I I started to well up with tears. I'm like, this so is good. so fucking amazing. I'm one beer in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Crack the second one. one. I'm talking uh, like welcome, I'm six beers in. Welcome to Bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. No, no, it, it is amazing. Like, and I think there's a funny thing here, and I want to celebrate John on Abbey Road because I think sometimes you think he's a little bit of a slouch, but. He's got some big moments here, and this is certainly one of the last big moments. And I almost feel like the the jarring end of the song is him immediately sort of like jumping into his solo career. But he's got he's got come together here. He's got Sun King. We've got me, Mister Mustard, and then we have because, because which I, I know which is another oh, man because and because yeah. almost yeah. I feel like there's there's a, an interesting kinship here with because like I think there's something that stirs and because a little bit well it, yeah those almost harkens to this too. those that that guitar arpeggio you could very much hear like that harpsichord part is it's pretty there's similar augmented chords yeah. yeah yeah and it's very unconventional um and obviously the, the harmonies are just stunning in that um oh. again you guys know this stuff it, was that george who who came up with all those george uh, martin on because i think yeah I think with the vocal the vocal I, stuff i think he wrote it all out i'm, I'm from what i remember you know, it, it just sounds like a band, you know, like it, whatever we think yeah. of the Beatles at this point, this song sounds like a band playing together. And it is what Becky, well, that's the tougher part weird. about the Paul songs. Like, I believe the John songs feel like what would happen if you were. Well, I guess we just saw the Beatles like playing in a garage and it didn't have a great result for most of Get Back. But <laughs> I would say like the John songs feel like, oh, this is what happens is a band jamming tunes together where the Paul songs are like. I this is this Paul with backup with session musicians constructed. or something. I, yeah, this song yeah, is yeah. ready to go, and I would like you to play on it. You know, which they're just yeah. two different vibes. Yeah. So, like, I everyone's doing their their part on this song. I think I I don't know. Like, well, that's the best. especially that's the, the best. The, the, that. Yeah, the, and the idea that this is I I had no idea until very recently that this was one month after Get Back ended. I thought there was a much broader gap between Get Back, Let It Be, and Abbey Road that like the Beatles had kind of broken up and then Paul makes this call to George Martin six, eight months later of like, we want to do a record. The idea that they're done in January and they're starting to record in February. This song, <laughs> I want you in February. Yeah. Wild. Is wild. And then it becomes so not only is it the first song they work on for Abbey Road, but it becomes the last song they work on for Abbey Road as a whole. This is yeah. the last time the Beatles are together in one room, like whether they're doing overdubs or harmonies or whatever. It's it is the very last thing they do. Wow, and I there's, didn't know that. Yeah, I just figured I just found that out recently, and that's like this like bookend. Uh, piece to this record of it being both the first and the last is, is pretty special well and that's another thing about get back where they're they're playing songs from both records and not mm -hmm. only playing songs from their 
future solo careers, but hit songs. Yeah. From their oh my God. Magella Sky, Another Day. You're hearing all these songs. Poor George infancy. Harrison's been playing Isn't It a Pity for seven years for the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, yeah. and no one's biting. No. I think the day, the day or two after they record this, the John, uh, George comes in and plays All Things Must Pass. For, yeah. for like just to get yeah. it down yeah. on a recording so and then he just decided then, to keep that for his solo record that's the best <laughs> solo selling record right best beetle oh my god record. that record yeah it's great it's best and selling then, isn't it of all the solo records isn't all things it might be i i i don't have the stats Ooh, i scott, beat you guys on stats yeah. scott, <laughs> scott, scott is, scotty scotty's our box office stats guy yeah. he, he's really yeah. interesting he loves, he loves the numbers he, he loves who's yeah. made he loves, how much money yeah, you know he, he doesn't like movies he just likes to know how much they make in the box office <laughs> like that's his thing but, i want to touch uh, uh before we wrap up with you i do want to touch on the lyrical element of this tune and and you write songs and you write lyrics and where do you think this stands? Like, do you like the economy of words? I know there's, there's sort of this big thing where, where Yoko came into the picture and was telling John, like enough of wordplay, enough of sort of the silliness, like you write about reality. And there's something here where like, is this the most real John has, has been right? Like he decides that 15 words is what he needs to say. And, and and it works for me. I I believe this to be like a Beatles masterpiece. Like I'm I'm showing my hand when we get to the ranking. But how do you feel about that? Like, do you like this economy of words? Um, I I tend not to think about that. Um, you know there there are John song. I mean, I am the walrus. Like I have no idea what that's about, but I love the sound yeah. of his voice and the for words sure. that he's Absolutely. saying. And like, me too. Me too. Um. But I, that tends not to be. I I will like a song if if I like the music and the melody and the lyrics are just okay. I will not like a song if the music and melody don't move me and the lyrics are great. You know, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I think I'm, I'm, trying to, yep. I'm trying to figure out the best example. Like, what do you think is a song that has fantastic lyrics that the song isn't great? I'm very like I feel like they're like Andy Dillon song. Yeah, Jason's about to say every Bob Dylan song. (laughs) (laughs) And and then just hang up, and that was (laughs) cut the tape here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh, that counts, Tommy. That was good. Yeah, maybe John was being efficient. Maybe John was out. You know, I mean, even because has very few lyrics. Sun King, very few lyrics. And come together as a bunch of you know like you know nonsensical just word salad stuff yeah. but um it's still yeah, great i celebrate the song and then i'm just like oh is it is it lazy or is it like perfection i'm not sure because even well, it does i mean it's it, almost it, the it, same dig a pony he sort of digs up digs up these same you know all i want is you like this is i want you like bob dylan has a song i want you like this is yeah. like it's a well so does jackson sort of five theme, but like yeah, yeah it's not yeah. I so want you third eye blind. Very, I, third eye blind is a big. Oh, that's my, that's my. They, they have a I song called you. "I Want You." That's my favorite. I want you too. Yeah, that's it. I love it in its pure form. I love. I don't know that I've ever said that to anyone, but I I love that. Maybe I could. I don't know. Like it's a great. It's great, sort of like stripping away of artifice and being like, here's 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 pure sentiment. You know. I think I've said I want you. Like I, I've. I think never I, I, never to me. Well, never, never to me. There's still time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the night. So, so uh, that furniture store. 
<laughs> Jason, we we know you're you are on, on your way out here, and I would ask you uh, a couple very quick questions. Anything on this tune specifically you feel like you haven't been able to express? Anything you want to talk about? Any anything on "I Want You"? She's so heavy. No, I mean that 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 middle part where they where they you know have Ringo go to the the bossa nova thing just blows my mind because uh, because it works because yeah. it's something yeah. it's one of the it's one of those you know peanut butter and chocolate things. So many times you try something like that, and it's like ah. I think I not... think I think that the addition of Billy Preston really helped with in that regard because he's doing this, some really tasteful little background yeah. organ of things yeah. that make that bossa nova feel like feel more legit than it would mm-hmm. otherwise yeah yeah he's is this the first time that we've heard show. ringo play a ride cymbal like because it really feels <laughs> that way like it feels like he's always just shuffling on those high hats and then all of a sudden here he found like the tip of his drumstick and he's like oh i could do like this little thing and, play on the bell of the, bell of the and it's it's not a great sounding ride cymbal either um, but i think he's but had it, totally it forever <laughs> that that's like a zb it's like a zbt like it's a zildjian zbt I told you I don't like I don't like drummer talk in this podcast. Uh, It's not. not, I'm not interested. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a you know not a great symbol, but it totally works. Totally works for the song. Yeah, I love what he's doing. I can't tell if he's he's hanging on or if he's driving the song, but I love it. I think it's amazing. What what he's he's I like in that middle part too. How it's the same lick, like the. The, the vocal yeah it just gives it a different guitar, taste bluesy yeah, like for a different different something. Like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so jason we we know you're not going to be here for the ranking um overall like in your mind is this if you're to put on a beatles song <laughs> hunt, hunt like in the hundreds of choices um yeah. are you putting on this in the like top 25 percent like twenty-five to fifty percent, fifty to seventy-five. You're just gonna try. Yeah. You're gonna try. You know, I'm just saying, like, when are you gonna listen? This when is are not you the worst Beatles song. To the song versus Sexiest other Beatles albums, songs, most famous know? anti-ranker in all of music. <laughs> I'm just saying, when are you listening to it? Like, how often? When, if you had, uh, if Desert I Island, all you have is the Beatles catalog. When are you putting on? I want you. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen to the Beatles very often, um, but. I think I think I, you know, you always hear Revolver, you always hear Sgt. Pepper as like the peak. I'm, I I tend to like a record like this that is like how fortunate that a band like this got to go out like that, you know, yeah. um, in this creative, inventive, daring way um, that is as stunning as anything they've done, in my opinion. Um, I agree. I agree. It's just it's it, it. They they skipped so many of the things that happen to bands now, where it's like, you know, a clunker of a record or an experiment that didn't work. Um, it's just it's yet another masterpiece, and then they're done, and it's that's amazing to me. I mean, the, the there's lyrics, and you never give me your money. Um. But oh, that magic feeling, nowhere to go. I mean, I remember hearing that yeah. as a kid and getting choked up, and I'm about to turn 52 and I still get choked up hearing that. It was it's yeah. like this this lyric that somehow can bring you to a place with this emo- emotional charge. And of course, the music 
is 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 adding just as much but that's such a powerful moment and um and it's on this record that you know i never hear people say is their favorite beatles record but it's you know what it's up there with mine I, i'm putting this in abby and uh putting abby road and abby road together no i'm putting abby <laughs> road and the white album uh as my two tops i know rb I think, i've gone on the record to say that abby road is my favorite beatles record yeah oh, there so you go. it's so um yeah, i love abby road i, yeah. I think it's our just resident got a war- nerd thinks it's i might yeah yeah music I baby grand piano sorry i think it's that's just the piano talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's controlling him. Yeah. The piano's been drinking, uh, not me. I think there's, there's, there's something to be said for the idea that like they were able to double their um, recording input, right? They went from 8 oh, to yeah. 16. We didn't even talk 8-track. But... You know, or, or oh, did so they go from Was there less eight. bouncing on this record then? Yeah, there's less bouncing, but there's just a warmth to the record. Yeah. That... And, and room for other room records. for so many more guitar overdubs. You can play the same riff, but if you play it on a bunch of guitars, it sounds huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I think Jason, I think you did a fantastic yeah. wrap up on that. But um, thank you for joining us. I appreciate all of your time tonight. This is fun. What thank would you guys. what would you like yeah, to tell people thing. about uh, catching up with you and 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 what you're up to? Um, well, I've got this. We're talking about the furniture shop. I've got that solo tour. Um, coming up at the end of March and early April, which is a bunch of Midwest dates and East coast dates, not a bunch, it's 10, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully some super chunk shows coming up and, um, hope so. Bunch of stuff I can't talk about yet. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, NDAs. We know about NDAs. We're, we're familiar. <laughs> we're familiar. Uh, Will no, you tell I, us, uh, you know, as a drinking pod, and we we barely touched on that too much, but you toured with Robert Pollard. Yeah. <laughs> How was your body at the end of those tours? Like, did you feel like I should be keeping up? Like, what was your what was your level of participating? Bob's um, manager sent me uh, before the tour started. He sent me the rider, which was the same rider as Got Up by Voices, and uh, it was five cases of Miller Lite. Okay. <laughs> Two fifths of Cuervo, and um, and like some water and pizza. I think that was it. <laughs> every night, every night. And this was in two thousand six. Well, or with think, inflation, I, with I inflation that goes up. Yeah, yeah. Like two thousand. I think two thousand five is when he sent it to me. We we're we we're getting ready to go out in January of two thousand six. And he's like, do you want to add anything to this? And this is kind of before the like. <laughs> this is before the craft beer you know yeah, yeah, yeah so i was like six pack of heineken <laughs> you know just like <laughs> in case a friend comes and yeah. i want to hand them a beer that's not miller light um yeah <laughs> and he, he wrote back he said uh all right i'll put it on there but just to warn you you know bob uh, might make fun of you for that <laughs> and i was like Okay. And I just didn't think anything of it. And then like a couple of weeks later, he, he wrote back again. He's like, Oh, remind me what you wanted, you know, anything you want to add to the writer. And I was like, Oh, you know, just six pack of Heineken if possible. No, no worries. If not. And he's like, okay, I'll put it on there. But, uh, I got to warn you, Bob might make fun of you from the stage. <laughs> For drinking like a green and bottle. I think, I think I was so like, I can't tell if he's joking, but if he's not joking. So I wrote back, all right, 12 pack of Heineken. Yeah. <laughs> so power move. Yes. I get, I get to uh we we practiced um 
in Dayton. And so we're, and we're all staying at Bob's house. So it's me and John Worcester and uh, Dave Phillips, RIP, Tommy Keene, RIP. Amazing. That, oh my God. Uh, to, yeah. And uh, Dave Phillips and I were, stayed up a little bit later. Everybody kind of went to bed early that night, that first night. Um, and we're talking and Dave's like, oh, did you see Bob's kitchen? I was like, no. He's like, come with me. And he opens up the fridge and there's a row of Miller Lite, a row of Miller Lite, and a row of Heineken. And I go, what is that? And Dave goes, oh, he got that for you. Oh, man. <laughs> so wow. sweet. Yeah. I, was like, awesome. I was like, this is going to go very well. Yeah. And it did. <laughs> and last, last, tidbit, last tidbit about that. Um, we did some dates with, with Pearl Jam, with that band, we were opening up you know, for Pearl Jam in, in arenas. And um, the first show he brought all, I think the show was in uh, Cincinnati or something. And Bob brought like all his high school friends. There's this massive posse, which was so funny because none of the Pearl Jam guys have crew at all. Like it's just yeah. the, the dudes. <laughs> but, and um, they they barreled through those five gallon, five uh, cases of Miller Lite. Yeah. And I see Bob walk across the dressing room over to the, you know, open up a cooler, damn it, open up a cooler, damn it, open up a cooler and just kind of think. And he reaches in and pulls out a Heineken because that's the only one that's all that's yeah. left. <laughs> and I run, this is shows you the, the date it is. I run to get my digital camera that I have. And he <laughs> sees me, he sees me, get it. And I run and I'm running towards him and I turn on the flash and get it ready. And he holds up the Heineken and just flips me off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I took the picture and sent a copy to him. And uh, he put it in the artwork of one of his records and gave me photo credit for it. That's amazing. There's a beer I've theme been... story for you. Love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I've been, We've I've been had going plenty to see of them. Bob and guided by voices every time they come through wherever I live. It's yeah. been. Oh, hell yeah consistently fantastic so they're amazing um jason and one of the one of the 18 records he put out last year was one of my favorites <laughs> last week last year yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. jason thank you so much uh we really appreciate all of your time thank you for talking beatles and uh so nice to meet you guys we're, we're gonna be to meet you uh, yeah we're gonna be at a Jason wanna... show in uh, in Somerville where he's playing yeah, at the furniture store i'd love to see you at the uh, furniture we... shop with a with a string section that night Oh, That's sweet. Fantastic. Cool. We'll be there. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Enjoy Thank your night. You man. You, you're, you're doing it. We we appreciate all you do. And and thanks for hanging out with us for a couple of It's a hours. pleasure meeting you Great. guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Good night now. Oh, man. Was that amazingly cool to have Jason join us tonight and give us a oh, ton of his time and so tell us a bunch like of awesome stories? Yeah. And I'm saying indie pantheon. Yeah. Like that, that dude is. He's amazing. part of so much stuff I, I love, and he's. he's a great guy and he's funny he's and music. Guy, yeah. like it was it was fantastic you know every guest that, we yeah. have like that i just feel like we could talk forever like it, it it like if you don't give us a time to say you have to go then we will just keep talking as we have yeah. proven you know like it's uh, <laughs> we've had some late nights i just well, love, he was just a good dude too like i love meeting people like, in this context and 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 talking beatles and ultimately just talking like the best thing about this pod is like I know it's the Beatles and 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 that is what I want to talk about. We're just talking about music. We're just talking about the things I love and um yeah. It's fantastic and that's I, why I love I, I love talking in, about you I, guys about the things I love. I love bringing a guest into it and finding that we just click with that guest. It's 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 perfect. But um I came into this evening being like uh 
this is a dude that's been a part of a, a lot of music that I really love and enjoy, and and I'm excited to talk to him. And then turns out, good dude. Also, yeah. like, just, that and is, that's that's the best. part. That's really the the best part of the whole thing. Not like those other dicks we've talked to. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. We haven't talked to any dicks. Um, my sort of last take in this song is. I thought a lot about John Tunes in this one. And and for me, I thought a lot about Tomorrow Never Knows. And John sort of grinding out Tomorrow Never Knows and being like, I'm making a masterpiece. I have this vision. I want it to be hypnotic. I want it to be monks on a hill and, and all of this. And being very conscious about what it is. Right? He doesn't know yet what he's really singing about. He's dabbling with the Eastern stuff like we were talking last episode. I think that he almost succeeds in doing that in this track without knowing it. He takes the economy of language. He makes Mm -hmm. this hypnotizing track. It's swirling. It's earnest. It's, it's horny. Like all of these things are happening here that he went out a couple of years younger in his younger years and thought I'm doing this with tomorrow never knows, which is a great song. Huge, huge song. I think he really does it here. And I want you. She's so heavy. Do you think he does that better here than come together? Yeah. I, well, in in the economy of words, I think he does. I think that he lets. Okay. I love the All lyric right. writing of John. Period. But here he gets out of the way a little bit. He, you know. Maybe he's talking about Yoko, but he doesn't say Yoko. Like to his benefit, all of the other like Yoko songs, like. Ultimately, he sort of starts saying her name, and that always takes me out of it a little bit. So, I don't know. I just that's that's where I went. Like I, did I say it already? Like I, this is a John masterpiece. I think so too. I yeah. I do think so. I think it's kind of funny at the end of the day that that we're talking about. Um, I want you in the episode right after we're talking about. Yeah, I want to tell true. you. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, and, and I think I think. Um, it really just like it, if you take those two songs for what they're worth, you're just looking at the growth of the band, right? And and like that's three years at the end of the day, and and yeah. and, and you're seeing like I know it's George as a songwriter versus John as a songwriter, but you look at George's songwriter on Abbey Road, and we can't really. Yeah. Differentiate like there, yeah. there's no split between those two like in, in what they're selling you and I mean there's something to the tone of Abbey Road as a record I I wish I could put my finger on it like I can see it in my head I can hear it in my ear there yeah. is there, a there's, note there is a like there, there's a sonic it, quality that just feels like ster- like wider and like bigger and it might be it might yeah. be that like they've all in- Improved all of their equipment that's involved around recording right. everything. Well, the recording equipment too, but and like and also color. not not to mention like also like also their uh their guitars and equipment that they're using like they've they technology is moving at at a quick rate at this point in the late sixties and like rock and roll yeah yeah they're like they're getting they're they're suddenly playing all these like big Fender amps that they've never had before and like these like. They're playing all these new guitar, like they're just like getting offered. George is wheeling in a Moog, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've got this thing that they have no idea what it does, record, and it makes this yeah. white sound. 
<laughs> that they oh, see i would say black <laughs> like, there's just a color there's a color to this record that is different and that comes through the warmth of the recordings and i know and what's funny about that is the idea that they're recording different studios we talked about this right like the idea that this song is recorded at trident not at abbey road yeah like it's I, not I had about never, the, it, i hadn't pictured that and again it's i hadn't either it's not about the warmth of the room i think it's about i definitely rb think it's about the advancements in like we can do more tracks live yeah and working with and, better equipment, you know, like it. And, and this and is then, something that they have jammed on for a while, so they're all comfortable. And then it's the first and the last. They're comfortable in a way. Like it, there's there's a there's a weird form to this song, and uh, we talked about it being kind of like two separate parts, right? Where there's like the that plodding six eight, like that thing that's the outro. But then there's the bluesy kind of thing that is the verse. But even the verse is weird. It's like on the surface, it feels like a blues. It's a one chord. Yep. It's a four chord. It's like you're playing a pentatonic little blues lick over it. But like the actual number of beats is weird. It's like a six bars of A minor and then two and a half bar transition of the Want you so bad, it's driving me mad, it's yeah. driving yeah, me. Weird and then there. it's back on one. They like drop two beats. There's like a weird yeah. two half measure. And then and then it uh and then there's two like measures of we're going from minor to like major into the four chord. So like it's 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 like an evolution of the blues. It's it's not a twelve bar blues, it's a weird configuration of we've heard the blues and this is our interpretation of the blues and, and it's then you, you yeah go ahead sorry no no it's 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 a weird reinterpretation of the blues that is fascinating to hear a bunch of musicians at the top of their game performing it in in a like if you actually analyze it and look at it on you know on paper or whatever, like Sheet what, what the whatever, measures yeah. are. It, it's bizarre. But when you hear it, you're like, of course it's this. And it's, yeah. it's been ingrained in your brain that like, that's a natural way, but like six and you know, whatever it's eight and a half bars of one section. And then like six and a half bars of another. And then you're back into the six, eight. Like it doesn't make any sense when you like look at the form written out. But when you hear it, it's like, of course, it's this. It's the Beatles. Yeah, you can listen so, to the ISO bass of it. I found the ISO bass to be really, like, really interesting. You know, like, I, I know it's it's always been cool what he's doing, but I'm like, how is he doing it? Like, that's always felt like a strange yeah, I, a strange thing. You it's know? very bizarre. I went, I, I recorded the, the bass for the karaoke version, and I had to, I had to take it into sections. Like, I, I did, because he doesn't do the same thing yeah at all exactly. he doesn't at repeat all. himself yeah. it's all improvisational he's just riffing it he's bending notes on the bass which is weird like you don't generally kind of like play it as like a lead guitar player but paul is absolutely playing the bass like a lead guitar it's weird well it it is funny to me that for a song like lyrically so focused on obsession on love on on 
muse on on all those things like we get all this darkness and weirdness to the music like those things are kind of diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. in a way right like and there's not a way to reconcile them as a listener they just are like right like you get this darkness to the music and you get this this lyric that that rides the musical melody of course like it's it's within the scale. It's within the, the, I mean, I hate to always sort of be that guy and pull it back to it, but we've had a string of songs that are like this, but I think it's also like, Oh, think about this song and I want you, but also think about being like a heroin addict and, and trying to understand like what that means at the time, you know, like this, you think there's any of that in this? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, I don't. Oh, I mean, I think he's, in love and i think it's about that relationship but i think all of these are all tied up together i like you know i think the sex religion and drugs are all in this moment here like that i think the only reason john can't write more lyrics is because of heroin i don't think this song has anything to do with heroin. you don't think that's what's driving him mad no i think they're i I mean for me again i've I've never been a heroin addict, so I don't know why I'm like, oh, for me, I understand this feeling. Like, I am mostly saying that I um, I believe them to be all wrapped up in one. I think this time period and emotion and separated, I, I think it's all one big thing, you know, but but maybe not. I do think I do think earlier John songs are about heroin, but I think that early in uh, experimentation you can talk about the experimentation. I think when you get to addiction, it's impossible to talk about it. Right. Like, uh, and, and that's exactly, I don't think that this is about heroin. I believe this to be about yearning and all of that, but I believe it also when you were saying the sort of it, he uses the same words for seven minutes or six and a half, whatever long it is. And sort of the roller coaster that he plays these same words out and the way you feel it and the music that sort of swirls around it. I also believe that to be tied up into sort of what he was dabbling in at the time. I think that's very John at the time yeah. is the idea of like, I'm going to come up with a part and then hopefully like. And maybe this is optimistic, like the idea that hopefully as a band, we can, exp- I have this little thing and maybe the band can help me make it something right beyond the little thing I have. And the band does that here, right? Like the band shifts the tempo, they shift the time, they they, they shift the syncopation to make it like whatever yeah. sort of Latin feeling it is at, at a piece. And they make it something more than John envisioned when he came in and said, and that came into the room and said, I got a little riff. Let's jam on it a little bit. We did this a couple months ago. We jammed on it. Billy sang half of it. <laughs> Paul did a version where he sang some of it. Yeah. But I think there's something here. Like, can, can we make this a song? And then they fucking do. And they make it an awesome yeah. song. Well, it, that's, it, that's an interesting angle because maybe in a different time of the Beatles or a different relationship, if it wasn't so chilly, that maybe Paul would have contributed or encouraged john to write more lyrically yeah uh we were going around the horn on this but like scotty c i want to give you i was about to say oh i i wanted to add one more thing there's there's an interesting creative choice at the end of the song right before it goes into the the five bar loop that feels like it goes on forever 
uh, John sings the line, she's so, and then doesn't finish the line. And then it goes right into the outro of the song. Like the outro is heavy. It is heavy. And it's interesting that that they didn't choose. They didn't choose to say the word heavy. It's just, she's so, and then it goes under the, and then it's like three minutes of instrumental. It's kind of an interesting creative choice. I think so somewhere during, I get, I lost track a ton and maybe I'm an unreliable narrator, but I lost track a ton because they record the song and they go back to it a bunch. Somewhere during this recording, they essentially end up with two recordings. They start working on like some of the Trident recording with overdubs, and then they mm-hmm. started another version that had overdubs. So and then they had to marry them together. And my, I think where you're saying RB is exactly where they married it might these have been. two versions together. There, there. So there are, th- I think there are three different cuts in this song. Uh, there was a version at the beginning, which I think is, according to my notes is take nine, which was used because John's vocal sounded the best. Early on, sure, his voice isn't totally shredded at that point, and he's nailing it. And then the middle part was take 20, and then the outro was take 32, and they did 35 takes. So 32 out of 35 was the outro of the song. Um, And you get that primal scream, John, in there. Yeah, oh, that's, that's so good. So good. I love that song. So, Scotty, what? Any final thoughts on "I Want You"? Oh man, um, I want you to wrap up this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I a lot of what you guys said, I, I agree with, and yeah, um, I loved. RB sent us the day after the rooftop. I believe yeah. they jammed on this, right? Yeah. There's actually I I listened to there there was a um, a tape a tape of you know how they uh, during the get get back sessions they had people on the street interviewing people and talking oh, yeah. about like do you know what's going on right now like who's up on the like who are they yeah who do you yeah, like w- them and like do you like the Beatles. And during one of those interviews, you can hear John playing this riff, and oh, I shit, like really? he's he's excited about this new song that they are yeah. about to jam on. And I think at this point, I don't think it's a full fleshed song. I think it's a riff and a whatever. But like yeah, yeah. he's playing this riff on the rooftop, which is it blew my mind. Yeah. I had no idea that he had this. Well, they this played it so with cool. Billy, like Billy and John before this trading vocals, right? Like. Mm-hmm. There's versions of that where I want you, I want you, and yeah, they go back and forth. I like this funny sort of John excitement right after the rooftop. Like this. I know. Ballad of John and Yoko. Sort of we can still be the Beatles. No. We can still be the Beatles yeah. after the rooftop. But they're fighting John's... like they're in legal battles. Like it's very interesting that John is sort of the John we saw in Get Back, and then he's coming here. He's quitting the Beatles. He's in, oddly engaged. You know, it's. I don't know. I yeah. mean, how do you read into any of this? Like, it's always this this sideline of it where I'm like, I just want the music to speak for itself. Yeah. And then you understand that there's sort of this drama brewing, you know. Here, here's what I'll say before we uh, conclude and move to ranking and all we that. We got to go to ranking. We can't do too much more. We got to. Can I raise a glass? Let's let's raise there. a glass, everybody. That I love. To Billy Preston. Oh, oh man. To- 
Absolutely. to Billy Preston. Absolutely. For his work with the Beatles, outside of the Beatles, I think Billy Re- Preston is an unrecognized artist. And we need to uh, just honor this guy. Like, what an unbelievable work he did here, right? I, mean, I think if you listen back to some of that jam stuff, I think that whole progression where where they change from the uh it's driving me mad right. it's driving me like i think that was billy preston i think he All brought yeah. he brought that yeah. he brought those changes to the jam like i yeah. think they were jamming on a chord and then eventually like they'd all look at each other and move to the four chord like i think billy brought that part of it yeah to he the was jam. unreal and like it, billy's solo work is fantastic like especially his early solo work and then his accompaniment to people like George Harrison, um, the Chili Peppers. He's just yeah. He's he was an artist, and I don't think he gets his due. With that said, we're about to uh, rank. I want you. She's so heavy on the big list of Beatles songs, best to worst. Um, to give you all a few highlights on the list, we got number one, "Happiness Is a Warm Gun." Number ten. Two of us, number 20, comes in with Mother Nature's Son. Number four, uh, number 30, excuse me, <laughs> comes in. I want to tell you, that was the last song we did. That seems a little low to me. Uh, number 40 <laughs> comes in with Wait, Wait, that song was too low. Number 50, all They're all too now. low. All together now. The, number 52, my friends, is... A taste of honey. honey. And number fifty-six uh, is Oh, you, uh, boys. Tommy? Are you? Are you talking about boys? I'm talking about boys now. Yeah, yeah, boys. So here's the thing: <laughs> I could, I, I could come out hot on this one. I, I know where I feel right now. You guys want me to come out, or you want if you, you want if to you have play? a real feeling? Come on you out. Got a feeling? Do it. I'm interested. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. One, two, three, go. <laughs> one, two, three, go. One, go. This is number one. Holy shit. Whoa! This is the best song. This is oh the best song. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You we just... Have... I... I was wearing socks. You just knocked them off. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> like, listen, let, let's talk about oh this in comparison God. to Holy happiness shit. as a one. I'm actually God. having, like, heart palpitations. <laughs> Let's because talk about this in, com- I think in comparison. It's top to ten. Ha- I think it's top ten. Like I'm going to show my oh, hand right now. Ten. Oh, good for you. It's top ten. <laughs> I'm talking number one right now. <laughs> I know. And what I'm wow. saying about I Want You, She's So Heavy, in comparison to Happiness is a Warm Gun, oh if we're God. talking about those two songs back, like side by side, Happiness is a Warm Gun is a pastiche, and we've got three different songs combined into one. Uh, and, been, and they kind of just been two. waiting to come for me. <laughs> Wow, and they and and we kind of like uh, it, it is kind of a mashup of three songs. It's a Judas! great mashup. <laughs> Can you let me finish? But is so this a not a mashup, mashup of two songs? It's a great <laughs> mashup of three songs. Whereas this does have a vibe, and like the danger that happiness is a warm gun tries to lay into, and it does successfully. This does. Uh, maybe more tastefully with the 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 white uh, static, Scott. I'm not going to say the uh, the Acceptable. other word that begins with then. Yeah, yeah the, there's a white a white staticky song sound that builds up, and that's John's like 
this is the melding of John's avant-garde leanings with rock and roll background. Like this, this establishes everything right here. Huh. What do y'all think? Uh, I, I respect that. I, I, I think this is really big. I really do. For me, and I think it's just going to come down to everyone deciding where we want this to sit. I don't think it unseats happiness is where I'm going. I think it's top Shocking. Shocking (laughs) that you feel that way. I think it's top five. I think it's better than I'm so tired. I think it's better than come together. I do not think it's better than in my life. I am proposing that this is the new number five. RB. Wait, number four, you mean? I'm not that good at math. <laughs> You're saying this would unseat there was this would unseat come together. Yes. Yes. It would be the new number four. Number four. <laughs> All right. Uh so I I feel that come together is probably a stronger collaboration of the band than th- well, I don't know. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I, the, now that those words come out of my mouth, I'm not sure. Sure, I believe them. Everyone's showing up on this dune. Everybody is showing up, Pretty and good. there. So there are some complicated changes in this song that everybody has to be on board for, and including Billy Preston, who I think brought a lot to this song. I am gonna slot this. Just above come together for me. Okay. Scotty C. So we have right now. I can get into that. I'm saying saying number one. Becker is saying, am I right, below come together? And in between, I'm so tired. Is that what you said? Number four. Between in my life and come together. In in, Okay. Above come together, below in my life. So we're we're in the wheelhouse. Um, our B is moving it up one slot in between. Here comes the sun and no. in my life. Am I... No, I think yeah. he's the same spot as Becker. No, right? I, I I agree same. with Becker. I I'm think sorry. I think that yeah. Agree with Becker oh. and 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 Scott. You're also going to make the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that spot. I'm not your I'm honor. Not... All right, leading so, the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So this is. Uh, just below in my life, but come together. Am I right about that? Number the new number That's four. The, wrong deci- the new the wrong decision we're making is <laughs> I want you. Hey friends. Yes, Tommy. Ready to do an intro? You made the wrong <laughs> you made the wrong call in ranking, but still we completed another episode of Blotto Beatles. That's great. I was Tommy. That was Becker. We are your co-hosts here on Bottle Beatles. We are joined, as always, by RB from Magical Supervision of Music. Magical. (laughs) Very magical. And by Scotty for wonderment of executive producing. You can find us on all the socials. We are at BottleBeatles.com. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, wherever you need to find us. Um, But more importantly, you can find us at BottleBeatles.com where, hey, you can can go to the shop. You can buy a shirt. We encourage you, our friends, to go on your podcast app of choice to rate Bottle Beatles. Wherever you think we fit, we prefer those five stars. 
We would also love it if you would go around and if people are talking about the Beatles on social media, on uh, message boards or discussion groups, if you, you mention about the Beatles, you say it's a fun time because we had a fun time with people like Jason Narducci tonight. Oh, my goodness. Jason of Super Chunk, of, of Bob Mould fame, and, and a guy that was just a good dude and, and had a fun time, and we had a fun time with him. You should go check out his music. Um, you can find him at Split Single. That That's right. That's the name of his yes. big solo adventure, Split Single. You should also listen to Jason with the work he does with Bob Mould, and you should go see him with Super Chunk. They are banging. Or go see him in a living room Chunk. near you. Yeah, yeah it sounds yeah, like he's going to be store. very close yeah. to a, a ton of folks. And yeah, if you want to meet any of your favorite Bottle Beatles, we'll be at that up. Uh, We'll be at that show in Somerville. Careful, dude. That's right. We'll get there. Anything I'm forgetting, guys? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Don't forget. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, we should I wanna, enjoy. I just want to say, don't forget, Tim and RB, we had like four days to get this karaoke ready, and these guys jammed this thing out. Crushed it. Total so props hard. to Tim for it's done. Like, throwing I've heard it's done. Yeah, out. I'm about to sing These it. These guys are working overnight. Tim works like, until like one in the morning. Yeah, I got a guitar and organ parts on this thing. Thank you, guys, and wow. thank you, these guys some raises. Yeah. You guys aren't union either. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> for the bottom line, that is fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Really. Got it so we're about to sing a song that was recorded over the course of like three or four days. We're going to ask Jason if he wants to sing it with us. Um, and we're also not driving anywhere. Nope. Because we all enjoy Bottle Beaters responsibly. 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 Three words for you, my friends. Bring the three noise. Words for me. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Those three words are. <laughs> noise, noise, noise. Peace. Right, the noise. <laughs> but also peace and love. Peace. Peace, peace, and, peace and love. love. Peace and love. Hey, we'll see you for the next app. Love you.